This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic. Welcome to another episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast. My name is Ben Lynch, and today we have Andreas and Kai from the Physio Tutors. So since 2012, they've been providing you and the broader community with high-quality educational videos, important evidence-based research outcomes, and interesting and new developments in the world of physiotherapy. They have a massive online following and global community of hungry health professionals looking to master their craft. Andreas, Kai, welcome. Good morning. Good morning. Or good night. Yeah. <laughs> Wherever you are in the world. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hey, guys, thanks so much for jumping on the call today. And I'm really excited for you guys to uh, give some guidance to the clinic owner community that we have here, perhaps to give a bit more context for who you are and what you do. Could you share a little bit of a story about how the physio tutors came to be and then what you're doing today to be able to serve your community. How did we come to be? Uh, I think out of a lack of high, what you mentioned, high quality educational videos available on the internet or more specifically on YouTube. Um, being students, you learn so many different orthopedic assessments, right? Really, really anything, whether that's special tests or, or clinometric tools, you'll get bombarded with, with those during your yeah, first years in undergrad, right? It's, 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 it's easy to lose oversight on, wait, McMurray, uh, Hawkins, Kennedy, who are those guys? What did they do is exactly? And uh, yeah, you're left with your textbook, even though your, you know, your lecturers preach that, I don't know, McGee or, or other books are, are the Bible. They're good books, but you're left with two pictures with the description of a test on, on a different page and you know we started in in 2012 and i think multimedia or or the internet is the go-to resource for students nowadays and you know i think we pretty soon not abandoned but but switched towards looking for resources online instead of just our our textbooks or our course materials and we were a bit disappointed on, on what we found on, mm. on YouTube as far as uh, demonstrations of those special tests or, or orthopedic assessments are concerned. And and then we thought, hmm, I think we can do this better, even though we, we just started with with our <laughs> education. And, and then uh, yeah. I, I had a camera or, or my dad was, was uh, generous enough to gift us a camera. And, and we went ahead and, and started you know, making the videos because ultimately on, on YouTube, we, we either found one of the two. One was uh, maybe a, a good, a good video, a good demonstration, but the audio visual quality was poor, right? Maybe that the video had 200,000 views because it was uploaded back in, in 2006 when YouTube started. Mm. But then that channel maybe had just that one video or maybe two videos and, and nothing more. So then you're already asking yourself, okay, can I trust this? Hmm. What's the source of the, of this information? Can I read up on it? And on the other hand, you had channels who were putting out consistent content or they had a couple of videos, but they were still not exactly what you were looking for. You were looking for 
maybe one test and I want to know how good is that test, what's the, the, the statistics on that test, what's the source of that test, how is that test done, what's a positive outcome or a negative outcome, and, and, and that's it. Right? We're, you're looking for maybe a two, three-minute video, but then those channels, they would do an entire shoulder assessment from observation, palpation, AROM, PROM, and then special testing, and you would have to skim through the video to find what you were looking for. Mm-hmm. So you had those, those two, and, and then we said, okay, we, we will do that better. And that's how we started. And then if I go further, um, where it really actually kicked off was that once you are in your second year of undergrad at our university, um, there's this peer tutoring program where if you're a second year student, you can volunteer to support a group of first year students during their first year um, and have this like informal student to student uh, yeah, I think once once or twice a week uh, session where they can come with questions and you practice stuff. And because this is like a sort of an elective, mm-hmm. you can get credits for it and you have to accumulate a certain amount of credits, yeah. elective credits, um, but you have to write a report and nobody likes writing reports. <laughs> so we offered to make videos based on the contents that we cover during those tutoring sessions, upload them to YouTube for our group of students to uh, recap what we did during those sessions, which right. mostly was practicing, you know, assessment, <clears throat> hand, handling of a patient, whether it's the shoulder module, knee, hip, you name it. And um, I think that's where physiotutors then, then kicked off. Wow. So obviously just through your own personal frustration exactly. and the resources that were there, you thought, well, let's do this and perfect opportunity with that almost sample size of people that you're working with to help give yeah. them some great resources. And so yeah. you just started making all the videos yourself. You learnt YouTube yourself. You learnt the social media platforms just through trial and error. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I have a personal YouTube account where I did like miscellaneous stuff of like, I'm super into gadgets, smartphones and stuff. So I, I made some <laughs> tutorials on like the, like the second Android phone ever out there on how yeah. to flash the software on it. That's, that's how I got started. Like okay. on YouTube. No cat videos? <laughs> no, no, no cat videos. I'm allergic to cats. So oh, okay. that's like, sensitive topic, sensitive topic. Yeah, sensitive topic. Uh, yeah. No, but like what, what yeah. you're saying, it's like you, we saw a problem, we tried to solve it. You know, the, the classic story. Yeah. Business 101. Yeah. I mean, you, you were pretty much involved in the social media already. Like I was coming from the opposite side. I was one of the social media deniers, basically. <laughs> I, I think I had my first smartphone like three years ago. So wow. like for me, it was really like learning on a job. And I, I was discovering the value of social media. Yeah. So for me, it was a whole process. I think Andy was already more involved in social media. Also yeah. because he's younger, I guess, different generation. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Wow. And now you guys have an impressive community. Uh, can you give our listeners a bit of an idea if they haven't heard of you, just uh, a bit of a rundown as to the, the size and scale of your community at the moment? Yeah. I mean, just last week we crossed 100,000 subscribers on, on YouTube wow. after being on the platform for five years, but it picked up hard in the past two years in terms of growth. Instagram, we're close to 80,000 followers. 
90,000 on, on Facebook. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, we used to have a pretty big newsletter before the GDPR rolled in and people did not want to. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wanted, yes. Wanted to double opt in again, but that's also, you know, there's still loyal people who also want to receive emails once a week from us. But um, yeah, so the, the, the whole, if you, if you add up, all of them together, it's yeah, it's a, a lot of people. It's Close almost 300, almost three hundred thousand yeah. people across all platforms. Um, but wow. yeah, it, it, it it's growing fast, and and we are super grateful uh, mm. to, to be able to share our our opinions, stuff that we learn with with such a broad yeah. broad audience. Yeah. Absolutely, and then the the community that you've got, I'm sure, is many and varied, but. Do you find that there is a certain age group or a certain demographic in terms of career stage even uh, for people who are tuning into your content? Yeah, that would be 18 till 34, 17 till 34. So it's either students or starting physios. And I think that that's also kind of logical. I mean, the content that we produce is directed towards beginning physios or students, but also that's just the age group that uses social media in comparison with the older generations who are maybe more skeptical of social media. Yeah, def definitely. Yeah, I think students, um, I think this is also why, why we were um, successful with starting something like that because there weren't that many resources geared towards the student right everybody was it's like targeting the the physio who's already there who wants to maybe take continuing ed courses that's where quality content was produced but for the students to have this this tutoring that's why you know physio tutors it's, it's one on one together um yeah it worked it wasn't there so um i think that's why why we uh tried to position ourselves in that niche just mm. still huge right and and every year there's a new cohort of, of students starting worldwide you know coming up in in, in two weeks new yep. academic year which we are super excited for to see how that's gonna gonna impact um our our channels absolutely i think the the listeners in here are predominantly clinic owners and uh, we deal with a lot of the musculoskeletal world, typically in the clinic mastery communities, osteo, physio, chiro. And for them, they've often got young, young physios, young chiros, young osteos, young practitioners who are looking to still sharpen up their skills, sharpen up their knowledge and apply it in the real world as well. So it's uh, a brilliant community to be a part of. And I'd certainly encourage the, the listeners, if they're not, to do it and especially their team members to do it. Hey, I'm interested to dive into perhaps the lessons that you had in building that community online. A lot of marketing uh, stuff has obviously gone into it. A lot of content production has gone into it. What are some of the lessons that you've learned along the way about producing that volume of content and being across so many platforms as well? Yeah, I think the basic rule when we, yeah, because we're getting asked quite a lot how we were able to grow such a big community. And my basic answer is that you have to put out content that is really interesting and valuable for your followers 
if you break it down, that's what it's, that's the core rule basically. And it has to be continuous uploads and posts. So it has to be regular content and it has to be valuable. I don't know about you, Andy, but we talked to the clinic where we both work at the moment and they are trying to grow a community as well. And, you know, they, they put out a lot of content that people like who are somehow connected to that practice and those people like the content, but they didn't really produce stuff that is interesting for their patients, interesting for other physios. So then, then the question Uh, is why would I want to follow you? You don't if you don't produce anything that's valuable and or interesting or entertaining for me yeah. as a follower. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah. Kai, one of the things that uh, you guys were just mentioning about maybe in the last eighteen months, two years, it's really taken off for you guys. But you spent what three, four years really hustling and developing content. Prior to that, a lot of people are perhaps looking for shorter term results or shorter term gains. Yeah. They do it for yeah. three to six months and are oh, that, that didn't work for me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's that chase of instant gratification. Just the other day when we hit 100,000, I looked at our, our YouTube analytics for since yeah, lifetime. And you see, If you look at the graph, the first, I mean, people who are listening, they can't see it. But if you look at the first three years, it's almost a flat line. And then in the past two years, you see there's just spikes coming. Hmm. But you have to realize in that first three years, I think we already had, yeah, we already had more than 100 videos. We produced over 100 videos already on our YouTube channel, wow. which compared to what's happening now, nobody cared about really. Mm. Mm. But that's like, that's the foundation. I mean, it, you know, you have outliers who, you know, produce one like viral piece of content and then they get so much attention. But, you know, for us, going viral with physio content is, is pretty tough. Yes. Um, which is, it's also possible, but still, you know, in that niche market, it's, it's, it's pretty hard. But You know, we never had the intent of like getting uh, overnight success or even starting a business when we started with that channel. So we just put out content because we liked it. We got better ourselves. We learned on the job, you know, uh, getting, reading through all that research, producing, getting better physio, get physio getting better at content producing. Um, but to make the, the full circle, mm. to what Kai said, yes, consistent uploads, valuable content that's valuable to the audience, not just valuable to you in terms yes. of getting more followers, uh, but also, you know, managing that fine line between quality and quantity because, uh, you know, you can't write systematic reviews every single day on certain topics, Yeah, you know? So um, Gary V also says your, your, your best post is your next post. Yeah. Right? So yeah. don't, dwell, don't dwell over one piece of content too long. Put it out there. Receive feedback from the community because this is how, what's also shaped our content. You know, trial and error. Start yeah. something, you know, start with the quizzes. All right, that, that seems to work. Let's do more of that. Uh, Absolutely. Mnemonic, mnemonics, maybe they didn't work at, at the first stage. Pick that idea up again. And now the mnemonics, they're like, the best performing piece of content on Instagram every week. And, then we'll and you just that. 
constantly getting feedback from the engagement, from the performance yeah. and adjusting and, and, and going with it. And, and another thing, I think that's something also I had to learn because um, we talked, you said, okay, give the people an idea of, of the size of your audience. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. The hundreds of thousands, it's nothing special if you look at, at social media in general, right? There are people who have hundreds of millions of followers. But we get the most kick out of when we go to, we get invited now to, to universities here in the Netherlands when 60 students show up to listen to us talk about physio tutors. Yeah. Right? Those 60 people for me are way more humbling like that number is way more humbling than getting two and a half thousand likes on a post yeah right yeah so the the, the quality of the community was way more important than 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 the size because mm. if 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 your audience is not engaged with what you do yeah then you know the numbers don't matter so uh, oh. those 60 people that show up to hear you talk um, you know, I guess it's the same when you guys do do a workshop. Yeah. You know, those are the people that are valuable to your community. Absolutely. They really, they really care. The number is just, you know, giving you an advantage on the algorithm that yeah. your content gets seen or gets seen more easily. There was something that you said there before, Andreas, about you're going through a learning process, you were reading research, and then you were turning that into content. As health professionals, we have to stay up with the research. Uh, I mean, you have a mandatory set of hours that you need to do, but most will do more than that. They're already consuming a lot of this knowledge and taking notes or maybe doing in-house CPD trainings with their team members one of the things we always challenge people to do is simply translate that into some content that can be for your community outside. You guys are producing more instructional uh, content for practitioners, but mm. I love the distinction there of we're already learning this stuff, we're already reading it, engrossing ourselves into it. It just can double up as content. So you often killing two birds with one stone, so to speak. Is there a question in it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, stating the obvious if yeah. you want to add any more, but it's amazing to see the volume of content you're able to produce. I think perhaps what a number of people think is they're not able to produce content. They don't have the time. They often see mm. it as a separate task, a separate thing that they need to, you yeah. know, a lot an amount of time for, but they're already running a clinic, leading a team, yeah. etc they're already kind of in that process of creating content or at least documenting the process of learning the latest oh. to translate that into content is perhaps only one or two steps more. Yeah. I think that's, that's exactly what's happening on our side. I mean, we're still doing our master's program uh, and we're in the last year now. I mean, everything that I read that is potentially interesting for our community is just, taking notes about what I read and then transforming that into a post. It's not such a big deal, actually. It's uh, yeah. not so much added work and it helps me in my own learning process. 
Exactly. I mean, you have to learn the tools on how to make that content, but mm. they're so easy, you know, right? Today, you don't have to be a Photoshop wizard. They are, you know, Canva, for example, great to, to make visuals. Um, you know, video maybe is, is a, the next step. But exactly what Kai says, you know, you read something, oh, is that interesting? What's the essence of some of the stuff that I just learned? How can I make that into an appealing post? Yeah, that's also trial and error. You know, maybe yeah. your first post is not going to be the prettiest. Um, and and obviously in the early stages, you spoke about quality and quantity. A lot of people do get caught up with that. Oh, it's, you know, got to look perfect or it's got to be amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, someone just watch your videos over the last few weeks, let's say, and they see the quality and they go, oh, you know, I can't do that. I'm not ready for that. But if we look back at where you started yes, and so the progression, don't, don't. like you've just got to get going. Yeah. <laughs> don't, uh, please don't. don't do that. Don't do that. Don't watch the 2013 videos. <laughs> You're going to get a spike in uh, views in the yeah. next week. Or so. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's exactly, exactly what you're saying. Absolutely. Right. Uh, you know, we learned on the job. I mean, I was always interested in filming, editing, creative processing, but I wasn't on the level that I am at now. And I think in two years time, there's going to be even more. Um, the, you know, we didn't start up with, we just had the camera, right? You, and, and then you build that up, the, the, the editing process. Now they're way more polished. The videos are way more polished. Uh, our workflow is way more polished. It's way more efficient. The quality is so much better because, yeah, we added tools, but we didn't start with that super sophisticated setup in the beginning. We just made the videos as good as possible without getting too caught up. Yeah, yeah I, I think the, the quality of our content now is just the result of um, willing to put ourselves out there. And I mean, you have to have the guts to do that. I always compare that to a situation uh, at school when a teacher is asking who wants to be in a sham exam and no one actually wants to do that. Us included, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, but you learn a lot from that because you have to put yourself out there and you'll get feedback that is really valuable. And we received a lot of feedback from our community. Um, and this is how we were able to grow. Yeah. And and maybe to make that also relevant to, to your audience as the clinic owners, because we've had a lot of talks with, with, with clinic owners where we did clinical rotations, for example, with, with a big clinic in, in, uh, in Germany, there's so much content to be produced in a, in a private practice setting, which mm-hmm. is valuable to your audience, which are potential uh, clients, whether they come for, for prehab or, or personal training or, or, you know, medical fitness or for somebody who seeking care. I think nowadays something that, that you know, patient education for the, the, the patient populating population that you're treating, you can, you can produce so much content. You know, what's, what's some advice you give to, to a patient for a certain, certain pathology? What advice do you give to them? Make a post out of it. You know, post it, make it public. So people who maybe can can identify with that or or have said 
pathology or complaint, they might come across that piece of content, find value in it because it applies to their situation, what they're going through. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then they might come and, and make an appointment at your clinic, you know, exercises. How can you drive people into your clinic? Exercise of the day, super mm-hmm. simple. Show yeah. that exercise, show why it's done, how it's done. Want to get fit, come to our clinic. But it's not just, it's not just the ask of them to come, give them something valuable, an exercise, a simple exercise they can do at home. And then, you know, give them the invitation to come to your clinic if they want to know more, if they are in need of treatment, if they are in need of, of medical fitness or whatsoever. Absolutely. Yeah, if, if, if I can add to, to that, I think the challenge for a practice owner is what you said earlier about short-term gains or short-term effect. Because if you tell them that, I think we would have a lot of ideas. If, if we ran our own practice, I think we'd have a lot of ideas how to set up a social media account or like on different platforms um, because we know how our process went. The thing is, if you're a clinic owner and you have limited time, you want to have short-term gains and then you yeah, put out a couple of posts there and you don't see a lot of response then I can imagine that you quit early, but it's, it's like everything in life. I mean, it's a marathon. It's like going to the gym. You want to, you have to put in the work and you have to have the patience. Yeah. And I mean, our ROI is still not great. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's still not, you know, we're not, you know, making bank over here uh, with, with physio tutors um, still being students you know, where we allocate time to, we both work part time in, in a clinic. Um, you know, you still have a social life and then there's physio tutors, which is a full-time job for us. I mean, we don't clock hours, but you know, it's, it's beyond the, the, the 40 hour per week. Um, and it's still, I think we were, it's also two people. Of course we have double the manpower, Mm. but you know, we don't have, double salary of you know that we cash out every month it's for sure that's not the case but we're also not looking for that yes ultimately it would be a dream come true if you know if we if that was the case um but for now it's still putting in the work you know um yeah I believe the, the, the point that you make, um, Kai, as well, is that it is about the consistency. And the great thing is that maybe perhaps a, a slight distinction is that, you know, clinic owners have, um, you know, very tangible service. I know you guys are, are developing a lot of great service and product offerings. But for a clinic mm-hmm. owner, they can produce content and see returns. You know, a client books in, oh. uh, it's a very quick return on investment in terms of they see something they're engaged they want to do business with you they think you're the trusted advisor they follow up and they book they book in yeah. so i think you're right on in terms of where to start most people see 10 15 20 patients a day each yeah. one of them has got at least one question that you've given advice for that yeah. can be turned into a piece of content a video a audio snippet uh, a post look at our knee crepitation video that we posted almost a year ago 
that's you know it has probably right now one and a half million views mm-hmm. on Facebook, and that's a question that's asked every single time. Like just this morning, I opened Instagram. Somebody said, "Yeah, my dad's knees are cracking when he's running." Any PT out there has received that question. My shoulder clicks. My knee cracks. What does it mean? And we turned that based on research papers by, by Claire Robertson into a video. Mm. And, and that just went nuts, right? Yeah. Same thing with uh, the, the second one we produced was uh, uh, exercise-induced muscle cramps. What's the, what's the cause? What's the, why do they occur? Why do they occur more in certain people than in others? And, and what are some possible remedies or, or, or therapies for it? We still don't really know, but there is some evidence that yeah. went viral. You know, I think if I come back to what you just said, if I was a clinic owner um, and I have limited a limited amount of time, you don't have to start with a frequency of a post per day, but you could encourage your employees to maybe do one post about yeah, what they what they taught a patient uh, that week. I mean, in the beginning when we were creating videos our benefit and our gratification was that we were learning more about the the content. Like people don't care about what you produce so much, but I think our return on invest was that we learned a lot ourselves. Yeah. This is how you can see it maybe as an employee or as a clinic owner that you uh, try to sum up a topic and you learn more about it and you put it out. That That's it. Yeah. That can be like so simple. Like, Everybody has a smartphone that shoots HD video and, and, and good audio nowadays. It's in the lunch break, right? No. Think about one question, point, make that selfie video, uh, you know, and explain the question. Okay, today, just saw a patient with that question. My answer, no, 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 no. Two minutes, done. You don't even have to edit. I mean, maybe you do a couple of reshoots, but mm. I mean, you find it to the patient, just explain it to, to your phone and, and put it out there. Um, Absolute practical gold, practical yeah. gold. It's, it, it doesn't have to be too hard and just to get started is the most yeah. important thing. Uh, if you think yeah. back to some of the videos I shot, you know, two years ago and uh, you, you kind of cringe and, but, you've developed from it and uh, that's that's the progress that we want to see so guys uh what's next for physio tutors what are you guys working on and what's developing (laughs) or is that top secret (laughs) oh i think we have a list with like at least 50 ideas that we would like to realize but we also don't have the time ourselves (laughs) i think i mean content wise on youtube um, we've covered a lot of assessments. I mean, there's still a lot of stuff that needs to be covered because we just want to yeah, be complete, I guess, as well. But it's kind of logical to move from assessments to treatment. I mean, we're doing our master's in manual therapy, so that's that's a logical step content-wise for the uh, videos. We are currently working on our first uh, online course for orthopedic assessment. If, if you take our book that we have about orthopedic assessment and the app that we have, this would be like the clinical reasoning course behind it. So, mm. I mean, it's 
good that we cover all those tests, that we explain them. But I mean, your clinical reasoning is way more important. And this is what we're trying to cover behind this uh, orthopedic assessment online course that we are hoping to publish before September. So, yeah. You've committed yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the thing is, those those projects are huge. I mean, yeah. we, we've been working on it for like two years, and then we thought, okay, we we can, yeah, we should be able to publish it now. But then you, uh, for sure, tweak it here yeah. and there, and then then it and it's a huge, a huge process, and yeah. it's a huge course. It's not just yeah. it's not a web- webinar. It, it pretty much it pretty much covers content of an entire academic year and yes. Yes. If you look at your undergrad, it's an entire year of, of content covered. Wow. Um, but I think it's going to be a really valuable resource for somebody who's starting out as a physio or even new grads, <coughs> sorry, or somebody who wants to brush up on, 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 mm. on that content. Um, but yeah, based on that platform, we want to build on that platform of producing valuable online courses because I think some people who follow us closely know that we've done our bachelor's thesis on blended learning in healthcare education and the value of blended learning. So we want to translate a lot of that knowledge into valuable online resources because there's still also a a good, a good chunk of of work to be done, but yeah, content wise expand into treatments, hopefully also cover uh, more um, areas of, of physio because we're pretty ortho Mm-hmm. musculoskeletal based um you know expand into neuro pediatrics stuff like that but that's that's for the future because that's where we need manpower uh, yes because you know you can't be a jack of all trades um, our focus is musculoskeletal and uh, the rest then maybe somebody else but other than that it's it's grow provides valuable content day in day out um and yeah, the list the list goes on and on. <laughs> Exciting. Uh, you know, Exciting. We're not even talking about producing content targeted at lay people, at the general mm. population, which we yeah. kind of touch on with like stuff like why do my knees crack and why do muscles cramp? But uh, yeah, there's there's so much stuff to be done. It never gets boring. That's the way it should be. Never boring. Yeah. Well done, guys. <laughs> Hey, uh, for all the listeners, I think you guys are available on every social media platform or the main ones, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram. newsletter, newsletter. Newsletter. help boost the list again after. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you. I feel you. Hey guys, thanks so much for chatting today, uh, sharing a bit of an insight into your story and encouraging the clinic owners who are listening in to just get started with their content production and uh, get moving with educating their community and positioning themselves really as some trusted advisors, some places for health and wellness where they, their community can come to. Um, so thank you so much. Thanks no for worries. having us. Yep. Awesome. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery. We'd really appreciate your honest reviews and ratings on iTunes. And if you could share it with a friend on social media, that would be amazing. You can head over to our website, clinicmastery.com for all of the show notes. 
We'll see you on another episode of the Grow My Clinic podcast. This is the Grow My Clinic podcast by Clinic Mastery, where we help you deliver amazing client experiences to grow your clinic.